to welcome everyone here this morning. We'll open with hymn number 335, under his knees. service and a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for another beautiful Sunday morning. Seems like we have one after another. It's been a beautiful fall. And we thank you for this opportunity to come around this word, this most precious of all things that we 
that we are in possession of and, and can hold on to and believe in. And even as a songwriter writes that we are under his wings, <clears throat> thy son Jesus would gather us often as he wanted to gather his his own people, the Jews. We are safely under his wings. We thank thee for this. We thank thee for the protection of thy word. We thank thee for the protection that being under thy hand gives us that there can be turmoil all around us, but we can have peace in our hearts, in our lives, in our homes. We ask thee to be with us this morning. Though we be few in number, we rest on that promise that where two or three are gathered, thy son Jesus teaches us that he will be in our midst the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to be here with us. Watch over the nations and oh that thy will will be done in this world of turmoil. Watch over our local leaders, elected leaders or other leaders, whatever they may be, church leaders, school leaders, watch over us, keep thy hand over us. Watch over all those that are, all those that are struggling with their health. On beds of sickness or pain, send thy children unto them to visit them and comfort them. Give us that assurance of eternal life that we can when we can humble our hearts and admit what we are and who we are, that we can know that Jesus died for us and rose again for us to give us promise and hope of eternal life. Hope that thy word speaks about in Abraham's case where he had hope beyond hope. Give us that hope. Watch over all those that have gathered this morning and different places all over the world. Send the power of thy word unto them and send that comfort of forgiveness of sins to them. Hear us now as we pray that most perfect prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Does someone have a song to continue with?
this morning. For a text this morning, we'll read from the second chapter of Mark, first, first 12 verses, 13 verses. Reading these words in Jesus' name. And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they came unto him, and unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason these things in your hearts? Whether is it, whether is it easier to say, To the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, and take up thy bed, and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go go thy way into thine house. And immediately he rose, and took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed, and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. Oh, I, I'll leave that 13th verse out, yeah. So, we'll read to there. Amen. Greetings of grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, be multiplied unto each one gathered here this morning, now and forever. Amen. <coughs> Jesus had a period, I guess, in his ministry, and I guess I I often put Jesus and John together because of the 
closeness of them and their they were awful close to the same age and they preached the same things and John had a John had a, a time of we might say being a popular preacher too and it says that the multitudes came to him and here it says of Jesus that it was noised again he entered into Capernaum after some days and it was noised that he was in the house well we we see that even King Herod wanted to hear him King Herod had had ideas about him we know that King Herod had put John the Baptist to death and then he he had that much understanding that possibly John has come to life again well he was beheaded it's pretty hard for for that to happen it would have to be a miracle but anyways Herod thought that John had come back from the dead but he hadn't it was Jesus he was talking about it says straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them no not so much as about the door and he preached the word unto them so we see that as as it as it says there a few verses later how there were there were some of these was it Sadducees where is it there were certain of the scribes sitting there scribes sitting there and reasoning within their hearts so these scribes are those those ones that wrote down the word over and over again so so people could take it away and and keep it with them and read it and they they knew the word so anyways these these miracles that take place they're they're miracles people witness and and if we go to the third chapter of John such a well-known chapter it starts off with with Nicodemus coming to Jesus Nicodemus being a ruler of the Jews I've understood by years and years of listening to sermons that possibly he was a a teacher of, of priests so he comes to Jesus in the middle of the night and he says he comes under cover of darkness because being a Pharisee he wasn't supposed to be having much to do with Jesus especially especially on the positive side they were always finding trouble with Jesus he comes to Jesus by night and said unto him Rabbi we know that thou art a teacher come from God he had he had more depth of understanding than a lot of them did. We know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. So, and then Jesus goes on to say how how we have to have a change of heart. We have to come to come to God in in repentance. So this is this is talking about this miracle that Jesus performs here. The crowd is is thronging around this. I'm I'm going to say a little house. Probably wasn't a one of these what I call the Alberta bungalows now that they're seventy five hundred 
square feet on three floors and all this. Probably a probably just a single little one family dwelling. And Jesus is in there and and there were so many people there that that lots of people were standing outside, but they wanted to hear this this word this man preached. Because it's, we know that the word tells us that he preached with with power and authority. He didn't preach as the scribes preached, but he preached with power and authority. So there's four men that want to bring this sick man to the to the hearing of the word. Straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them, and they, and they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. So this, this sick man is on some kind of a, well, I guess they call it a litter in the army, where they carry a sick man on a, so it's not, it's not a king-sized bed or anything like that we have these days, but probably just something to lay a man on. And they couldn't, they couldn't come in, so they somehow got up onto the roof. I think, I think these roofs were probably flat. Not a, not a pitched roof like we see so much. And, and don't uh, quote me on that because I don't know for sure, but it says when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let him, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. So possibly they let it down with, with ropes, four men, one on each corner. And let him down. And Jesus sees their faith. It doesn't say that he sees the faith of the sick man or the or the uh, others in particular, but but all of them. I believe I believe the sick man probably knew of the uh, what do we say the fame of Jesus has gone forth. How many people he's healed. And this man is is sick of the palsy, and I'm not sure. I've written paralysis here when with that word palsy is not a word that I use, but if he was paralyzed or or suffering from paralysis, it's even more of a miracle because because what's happened there in when after he's healed, he gets up off his bed and, and goes. So, so that doesn't, that doesn't happen to a man who's suffering from paralysis. But Jesus says, says something to them that surprises everybody. It surprises many, I'm sure. Maybe not all of them. But, but these scribes, when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Was it because he was this man was such a great sinner that he had paralysis? Or was that the best medicine for, for any of us? I, I think it's the best medicine for any of us is that we can believe and be free. The, the um, things of this life, our, our responsibilities, our cares, and, and no doubt many of them are very real, uh, we got to provide for ourselves food, clothing, and shelter. We have to 
give each other emotional support, spiritual support, all kinds of things. But we can burden ourselves with these things. And sometimes it comes to that point where where sin becomes a problem. We can we can get so tied up in the things of this life and our cares and, and wants and needs even that we forget about where our real help comes from. But when he sees this sick sick this man sick of the palsy, he, the first thing he says is, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. There are certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning with reasoning in their hearts, why does this man Thus speak blasphemies. Who can forgive sins but God only? Well, we know that if we look at at the uh, different scriptures here, when when Jesus arose from the dead, he tells the he tells the disciples And this is part of the Easter story. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. It says they're gathered in fear, these these disciples. You put yourself in that situation. You're there with a a small number of, of men and everybody's in fear, wondering... It says they were for fear of the Jews. And we know, of course, the story where where there was rumors that this man might come to life again. And we're going to see this doesn't happen. We're going to see that there isn't some kind of sleight of hand going on or something. And, and it didn't really happen, but they said he did come back to life. There was all, all this kind of stuff going on. Jesus stands in the midst and says, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed them his hands and his side. Then they were then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then, then said Jesus to them, Peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. So Jesus tells this man, Thy sins be forgiven thee. And we're, we're given that gift from heaven above. From, from the Son of God, he says, even as my Father sent me, so send I you. I'm, I'm sending you into the world, he tells his disciples. When they had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. And we know that he talks to Peter in that, in that same light when after he asked Peter, and I, I've spoken on it here recently, when when he asked the disciples, who who do men say that I, I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, well, some say that you're, you're uh, Isaiah or some of the prophets. And, and uh, who do you say that, who do you say that I am? And Peter answers, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus reminds Peter that that flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you. That the Holy Spirit reveals that unto men. So that's that's in in John, and then we look in 
in Luke, similar. After the story of the two disciples and they're on their way to Emmaus, they they couldn't sleep after that experience they had. And they told the they, they, they traveled some distance to tell the other disciples. It says, And as they spake, Jesus himself, himself stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted, suppose, and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled? This, this is the same account, but by a different man, different writer. Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he shewed them his hands and his feet. It's been said that the only thing that was of this world that will be seen in heaven is those nail prints. And that piercing of his side and those nail prints in his hands and his feet. Nothing nothing else. It's, it's, it's important. Nothing else. Not, not all the things that we encounter in life, experiences or possessions or anything, nothing will end up in heaven. But those things will because it, it doesn't say in the word that anything changed from the time he, he re- returned from the dead until he left and was received up into the clouds and while they yet and while they yet not yet believed not for joy and wondered he said unto them have ye here any meat and he gave them, they gave him a piece of a broiled fish and a honeycomb and he took it and did eat before them so this is the mystery none of us will ever know how he was that he just was able to appear with them and and then disappear if he wanted to and yet he he shows them his physical hands and his feet and tells him to tells Thomas and that other one I just I didn't read that part but he says put your hands into those nail prints and thrust your hand into my side be not faithless but believe so this is the kind of a being he is. He said he's a resurrected, eternal, glorified being at this point. This is the Jesus that, that guides us every day. They gave him a they gave him something to eat, he took it and he ate it. He said unto them, These are the words which which I spake unto you while I was with yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms. Then then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. They began to be enlightened. We, We pray for that enlightenment. He's the only one that can give us any enlightenment. Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem, and ye are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. 
And then we can look at at this what they what they experienced when they became endued with power from on high. Second chapter of of the Acts of the Acts of the Apostles. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, this is this is after Jesus is received up into the clouds and leaves this earth. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then it goes on to say how, how different... Many people gathered and, and from different backgrounds and languages, and they, they all heard this message in their own language. Another miracle that takes place. This is when they this is when they receive this power from on high. So Jesus, we might say, he brings this out specifically that. He tells this man, thy sins be forgiven thee. And that's what the man needed to hear. The scribes that were sitting there, reasoning in their hearts, using their own understanding, they knew what the word said, but they didn't realize something like this would ever come about, and they they have trouble with it. Immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within himself, Jesus, Jesus is what we call perceptive. And he, he understands and knows what's going on here. They're reasoning within themselves. Their, their own human reasoning says something isn't right here. But Jesus says, why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise and take up thy bed and walk? He's saying, it's not as important what words I use, but it's important this man can believe. That's, that's the most important part, is that he can believe. But the first thing he says is that your sins are forgiven. We know that at this point, Jesus had not died and risen from the dead and accomplished the work of salvation. But the prophets speak in that way that salvation was provided from the very beginning of time. The plan was in place, and it would take place. And it did take place when Jesus rose from the dead. He he accomplished the forgiveness of sins by fighting that battle with how, how it speaks in Revelations that Michael and his his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And Michael and his angels prevailed. They won the battle. When Jesus rose from the dead, that was a picture to every living human being that this is accomplished. That if men can come to repentance, 
and believe this work that Jesus has accomplished, that all heaven is ours. It, it can't get better. So Jesus, we would say, reprimands them a bit or upbraids them and says, why do you reason these things? It doesn't matter what I say. Whether is, whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise, take up thy bed and walk. But the most important thing he says here, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Yes, of course, God forgives sins. And they're saying that God only can forgive sins. And he does. He's the only one. But he has given this to us. He's given this to mankind. He gave it to Jesus. Jesus did, did the work and he accomplished the work. It wasn't an easy work. In that one place, Jesus, we, we say, shows his, his natural side. And then his, his, uh, his side that is the will of man. When he says that, if, if there's any other way, Father, take this cup from me. If there's any, God, God is able to do that. He, he would have been able to do that. Take that cup of bitterness from Jesus. The bitterness of the sins of the whole world. Everyone I've committed, everyone you've committed. Jesus took them upon himself and he suffered for them. His, that side of him that was man comes out there and he says, take this cup from me if, if it be possible. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. It was God's will that he suffered and died for us and fought that battle. And then, of course, we know he rose victorious over all wrongdoing, over all sin, over all the work the devil has, has got going in this world. Son of man hath power on earth to forgive sins. And as I, as I read there in those two Gospels, Jesus says, I give this power to you, this power to forgive sins in my name. Do, do it in my name and believe they are forgiven. The work is done. He saith unto the sick of the palsy. He, he says both things. The first thing he says is, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And then he says later, the other of the two that he mentions there. I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. We're, we're to walk by faith. We would think that, we would think, and, and I think that way sometimes. I think that when a person becomes saved, then, then life should be over, and he can just, he just march straight into heaven. No, it's not that way. We, we have to go through this life. Some live but a short time. Children die. Others make it over a hundred. And most of us are going to go in between there someplace. But we have a life to live. Jesus says, take my hand. I will lead you through 
his life. That was a good song Madeline chose. That we put the question to ourselves, each one of us, am I am I a soldier of the cross? Do I just float through life and then go to heaven? No. There's there's battles to be fought. There's things we have to <clears throat> stand up for, be responsible for, carry on until God calls us home. So he tells this man, Arise, take up thy bed and go thy way into thine house. I don't I don't think it means as much and it could too that, that he has to carry his bed out, but it's he gets he gets up from his bed. This is no longer a place where well we can't lead a normal life. On a bed of sickness and pain. Take up your bed. Go your way. And of course, an important thing, and none of us, I don't think, can take it lightly that as we go through life's trials and problems, that we will, we will want to tell someone else what God has done for, for me. I want to tell others what God has done for me. I'm not. I'm not good at that. It doesn't come easy for me because of because of this the the way this world works. It doesn't seem like it impresses too many people, and 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 I I like to do things that might impress somebody. So it says the man immediately arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, "We never saw it in this fashion." Jesus, Jesus did these miracles, and and I also think of that miracle that that Peter and John they were going into the temple. It's, it's similar. This man is is uh, lame from his mother's womb. Very similar. A certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. Obviously, he sat there with his little cup or whatever, and people would drop a coin in here and there, and that was his living. Not a, not a very glorious way to make a living, I don't think. At least, I don't see it that way. Peter and John are coming into the temple and he sees them and he asks them for if they have some some little coin or two to spare. Peter fastening his eyes on him upon him with John said, Look on us. And he gave heed to them. He, he looked at Peter and John, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. I don't, I don't have a, a coin in my pocket. But such as I have, give I unto thee. In the name, and this is that power Jesus gave to, to men. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. This man had never walked. Says he was lame from his birth, from his mother's womb. 
And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the layman which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. So these miracles that took place, the, the one is is Jesus' own miracle, and, and the other is, is done by men in the name of Jesus. They're, they're food for our undying souls, these stories and these pictures that are painted before us. And they're those things that carry us through this life. Give us hope of eternal life. That when we close our eyes to this life, we can have, we can have assurance of what we're going to meet on the other side. There, there are those that are, are afraid of what's going to happen when they pass from this life. We don't have to be afraid. We will, we will be afraid probably. Many of us. Maybe some have that confidence. I, I don't. I, I think I'll probably be afraid. But I won't have to worry about it. It doesn't have to. Because, because it's something we have never faced. Death isn't something any of us have faced. And, and Jesus is the only one that has returned from the dead. I think, well, I could, I could endure dying for a day or two and then coming back to life and carrying on. I could endure that. But that's not what's going to happen. When we die, we leave this life and we go on to eternity. And this word gives us comfort. This word gives us comfort that all will be well when we leave this life. We leave the familiar things to us. And we'll go on to better things. If we went on to scary things, that would be different. The word promises us it'll be good. And when we read that story of the rich man and Lazarus, Lazarus didn't have it good here in his life. The rich man did. When he left this world, it says Lazarus is received into the bosom of Abraham. And I think that means that he's not, he's not yet in heaven, but he's in a good place waiting for that final day of judgment. That's where we'll be. In Jesus' name, Amen. Shall we close with a benediction? May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up his countenance unto us and give us everlasting peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Someone have a song? 429. 429.